Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by my co-host, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Uh, we've got a special guest in with us today, but I just wanted to remind you, if you're not already following us on Twitter, please do so, at Talking Tigs. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at the Talking Tigs podcast, and we are also on iTunes and Spotify as well. Uh, so LSU is uh, pretty much entering game week for the Peach Bowl against Oklahoma. Awards season is over with the Tigers pretty much making it a clean sweep of everything. Uh, and early National Signing Day just passed. It's a lot to cover. We feel we could handle it, but we just thought it would be better to have uh, Josh Lemoyne join us again to go over as much as we can. So, uh, Josh, welcome back to the show. How's it going, guys? I'm glad to be back. It's always fun. <laughs> yeah, yep. right on. Uh, Tommy and, and Daniel, how are you guys doing as well? Doing great. Home for the Christmas holidays and, uh, you know, just spending time with uh, with the family and glad to be on the podcast again. Right yeah, that's key. Happy holidays to all our listeners out there, especially, I'm sure, everyone's home and getting ready for this big game we got next Saturday. Yeah. So, uh, so Josh, I think the last time you were with us was that bye week right before Bama. And, I don't know, a, a lot has gone on. Um, you know, some of us still can't fathom, you know, what we're actually experiencing right now. But, uh, I don't know, how, how's this last half of the season? Because I don't know if any of us – thought that we would be, you know, 13-0, first seed in the playoffs with a Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback playing again. So, uh, you know, what's what's your take on, you know, what's happened over the last couple of months? Yeah, I mean, look, let's be honest. If, you know, if you would have told me we're, we would have been sitting here as a number one seed before the season, you know, 13-0, and and our quarterback would be uh, holding up the Heisman Trophy and, you know, all the other awards, we ain't got that much time to go through them that, I would have told you you're, you're lying. Anybody says that, you know, that's what they were expecting from LSU is lying to you. But I, I, you know, I look back at some of my predictions early in the season just to kind of refresh my memory. And, you know, one thing I, I made a point to say at the beginning of the season was I really truly thought LSU had a shot at the college football playoff if they got elite quarterback play. I've said that on numerous tweets, numerous shows. It was just – I thought LSU had a good enough team to get to the playoffs, but they were going to have, have to get quarterback play at a high level. If they got Joe last year, I figured we could win 10 or 11. But if Joe played to a higher level, I really thought we had a shot now. But that being said, not in my wildest dreams, I thought Joe was going to have one of the most prolific passing years in college football history, okay? Uh, but I'm glad it's happening <laughs> to LSU. You know, I'm glad Joe has done what he's done. It's, it's been a wild ride and it's been fun couple more games to go you know it's just overall the biggest thing I tried to get across to a lot of Tiger fans and I know you guys see it on Twitter you guys see it on the blogs you see it everywhere it's just it's like you can't make everybody happy but people really need to understand what's happening you know it's it's we might be another 50 60 70 years before we have a season like this again so try to tell people to soak it up enjoy it because it's really special and it frustrates me sometimes I see people still complaining about certain things it's just like man you really don't let this season just go by and you not enjoy what's going on because it truly is a special season. No, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, I, we talked about it last week, um, and I remember saying, you know, I, I didn't realize how special it was until right after that Alabama game when I started, you know, we, we won and it, we slayed the dragon, and then you look back mm-hmm. on everything that we'd accomplished even at that point. And, you know, it was, this was, it was unlike – you know, any season, maybe you, maybe you compare it to 2011, 
but even still, it was so different, you know, with, with, like you said, Joe Burrow at that point, pretty much the Heisman favorite. Now he's won, you know, now he's won it. First Heisman Trophy winner since Billy Cannon. And, you know, there's, this, this program has, has really had a, a huge, I wouldn't say turnaround because we weren't in a terrible place, but uh, a huge elevation. No, yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. I mean, that's where we're at now. It's, you know, I couldn't have predicted at the beginning of the season, but we're at a place where you want to be. I, I truly believe that we're on the verge of surpassing Alabama as, you know, the top kind of tier team in the SEC. We need to sustain this, you know, this level, I would say, for an, another season for that to happen. But, you know, I think we're right there. Uh, you, you see it with the recruiting. You see the guys that, that want to come, the guys that we have to process out, you know, because the higher – talent level wants to come to LSU now. So, look, we're at a we're at a great spot for the program. Coach O, you know, was questioned by a lot of people, you know, which is a shame, but he was. But where he's at now and where he has the, the, the program at is wonderful. So, you know, now he's got the full support, seems like, of the, of the fan base. And honestly, O's not one of them guys that's going to jump for the NFL. He's not one of them guys that you're going to see, man, I've always wanted the job at Texas, and he's not. So, really – LSU can put something together and sustain this, I truly believe, for the next five to ten years, you know, and that's great to hear because you know the talent pool in Louisiana and the South is always going to be there. You just need that head coach stability, somebody that was able to humble himself and bring in a guy like Joe Brady and change the offense, which if they just would have listened to the fans ten years ago, that's exactly what we wanted, right? But, yeah. Yep. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just glad we're at this point. You know, with with all that being said, wrap it up. Let's hope we win the national championship. But I'm just, I'm glad LSU's got to this point because it's, it was getting very frustrating with all that talent heading to play on Sundays, and we never really got to see it. It was a shame because we knew it was there, but we never got to enjoy it. You know, with your family, you pay money to enjoy those type things. You go to the NFL by week three of his rookie season, you're like. Man, what is going on, you know? And that was, I think, one of the big reasons Les Miles was finally let go. Right. And speaking of the, the talent that's come in, we had the, the National Early Signing Day pass last yep. Wednesday. Kind of had a, a real up-and-down day for, for LSU fans. We got two new commits, and I think we lost, was it three, including five-star team Jarrett. Kind of what were your like big takeaways, you think, from that day as far as the, the goods and the bads? Um, you know, I – I really thought signing day was a good day. We landed 19 of the best players in the country. I think sometimes re- recruiting fans, they ride that wave of up and down. Man, I, I almost left that day with people thinking it was a bad day for LSU. It was absolutely not a bad day. Yeah, you, you didn't get every, every player that you wanted to, but that's never going to happen. Every signing day is the same. You're going to land some. You're going to miss some. And Coach O even said it. You know, He said, what else do you want him to do? He called these guys the night before, and they told me that they were in and then they weren't in. But that's recruiting, and, you know, you just move on and, and just continue to recruit. That's all you can do. But I thought overall LSU and Coach O did what they had to do, right? When he came in here three years ago, what did he say? We got to shore up the front seven. We got to shore up the big guys in the middle if we want to compete. Everybody gets hooked on the wide receivers and all that, that flashy stuff, but at the end of the day, LSU locked up in a really, really good class on the front seven. We got some edge guys. We got – bunch of defensive tackles, you know, we got the in-state talent at defensive tackle. We went into Georgia and got some guys to come off the edge for us. That's key. That's great, you know, to have the wide receivers and a guy like Rakeem Jarrett that ended up staying home. He flipped from LSU there. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Rakeem Jarrett. I would argue he's the number one receiver in the class. But the state of Louisiana produces wide receivers 
like candy. We, we, we can get those guys. I'm not worried about that. So if, if we could take a hit at any position, that was the position we could take a, take a hit at. We still bring in two guys, and, you know, Bouti, Keishon Bouti, he's, he's arguably, after they re-ranked this, if you've seen with his season, don't be surprised if he's the number one or number two wide receiver in the country, okay? So LSU brought in ex- some, you know, extremely good talent at, at that position. So I try to kind of tell everybody, you know, to, to calm down off that. They have six spots open. You see where their class is sitting now, okay? And they have six slots to fill. So, I mean, this class has the potential to finish somewhere around number two. I, I don't think maybe not number one, but number two or number three. Yeah, and yeah. how does Tag off that. Um, you know what? What is it that makes that makes Clemson such a? Uh, I mean, Clemson picked up numerous five stars. You know, they they have. Yeah. And what is it that make? Is it the attraction of the ACC and almost you know guarantee uh, into the playoff that makes them such an easy, almost an easy target? Or is it you know South Carolina is a great state to live in? Is there anything that you can that jumps off the top of your head that you say like you know makes it so difficult uh, for for anyone to you know, take over that number one spot? Uh, look, I, this is what I believe, and just from talking to a lot of parents and recruits, is it's hard to beat them right now because Sweeney, Dabo Sweeney has really built what Coach O is building. He's built a family atmosphere, a guy that's likable. He treats everybody like his sons. You see it on, you know, on the cameras. You see how he acts. That's who he truly is. So I think Coach O is right there, and I think that's why it's hard to catch Clemson right now because when you walk into that program, when you walk into that atmosphere, everybody is fully in. They're bought in to that, that way of thinking. And it's, it really is a family atmosphere. When you come in and wrap your arms around you and you see it with LSU. I, I love Nick Saban. He's one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. But I always said if there was a program that could take down Alabama, it was going to have to be LSU in the SEC because we could recruit the same level of talent. But you had to come at a different perspective. You couldn't be Nick Saban, right? You can't go in there and be like kind of Nick is, the grumpy guy, you're going to do it my way, almost like a military way. I always felt you'd have to come at it with a different angle, like a Dabo Sweeney angle, like Coach O's doing. Coach O used to be like Nick, but now Coach O flipped the script on him, and now he's more like, you know, I love you. I'm on my arms around you. You're my son. Come on in. we got a culture change here. We're going to treat you like men. And you heard Coach O said it. This is the closest – college team he's ever seen that was close to a professional team so he's kind of running it like that almost like a Dabo Sweeney runs his organization and I think that's good he runs it like a CEO of a of a company not so much a guy from the top that's barking down on people why I think that's important as well it's because we're the kids nowadays and this ain't shot at some of you young guys here on here but it, it, it it's a little bit different you're not dealing with the guy you're dealing with a different type of kid you know so I think it's smart of Coach O how he's handled it, and that's truly why I believe Clemson right now is going to be tough to catch. I think LSU is probably the team that can catch them. Yeah, yeah. and then you said we have six, six spots open, so we still got a little ways until the National Sign Day in February. Who do you think are our biggest targets uh, kind of going in there? I know uh, Jordan Birch committed to Clemson but did not sign his letter mm-hmm. of intent, as well as guys like uh, Zach Evans, and I've heard we've been trying to flip Cedric Van Pran from Georgia. Uh, you got anybody other than that, or is that the main ones? No, I mean, we got so we got a couple guys we need to t- take a look at. Uh, McKinley Jackson, the defensive tackle from the state of Mississippi, that's a big one. I uh, know Coach O wants to be able to be able to pull him. And now, if that could happen, here's the deal, though. We've already loaded that defensive tackle. So, you know, that's 
just from the, the family's perspective, his family and him, you know, I mean, I get it. If you don't want to come to LSU, you've already signed, what, six of the top, you know, defensive tackles in the country, you know. I mean, so it's a lot of guys, excuse me, not six, you've signed two or three of the top ten defensive tackles. But I think that's one Coach O really wants to get. Um, let's see, Crawford, the, the offensive tackle from, from Texas, that's another guy Coach O I know would like to finish up the class with, six foot five, 330-pound offensive tackle. I know we were able to land the one tackle, but I know – that's something that they would really like to add another tackle to this class. You can never have uh, too many defensive and offensive linemen, especially at the tackle position. Um, a Jameer Gibbs, y'all see me tweet tweet him out if you didn't catch that. He's the, kind of the all-purpose running back out of Georgia. He's a name that we that the listeners up they need, really need to keep an eye on. LSU loves him. Go watch his film. I tweeted it out. He is dynamic. He reminds me of Alvin Kamara, a James White. You know, a, a Jamal Charles, that type of running back. He fits the RPO type of running back, kind of how Clyde is, but he's more he's shiftier than actual Clyde, and he's got that second gear that Clyde sometimes don't quite have to break it to the house. But Gibbs has that speed. He's currently committed to Georgia Tech, uh, but that's that's a guy that LSU is going to be working hard to try to get him to flip. Um, let's see that running back. Shy Clayton comes back into play. Okay, I mean he's committed to Colorado. But he's definitely a guy that LSU is interested in, again, because of the situation with Zach Evans. I think the Evans situation has come and gone. That's not something that LSU wants to deal with. There's a lot more baggage that we, we could probably do another whole show on about yeah. Zach Evans. So look for LSU to turn their focus on Ashai Clayton and Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, and just to kind of you know, to confirm what you, what you said about Evans, I've heard from people um, – with ties to the program that, that Coach O is kind of over Zach Evans. They, you know, it's not working out between the, with the talks they're having and they're probably going to move on from him. So both of those running backs you named, I would, I would guess would be the, the main targets now. Yeah. When you look at Evans, like, and we just talked about the culture shift, right? At Clemson and LSU and to an extent, Alabama. Um, and you see Georgia, it seems like what, every couple of weeks you see a guy at Georgia getting arrested, guy at Georgia. And some, and that it's, you know, it's high risk, high reward, right? I mean, I understand that. But Coach O's trying to change that culture, change that character. You see how we came down on a lot of guys this year with suspensions, kicked a couple guys off the team. He really wants to change that culture. And, and a guy like Evans, he'll give some leadway, but there's an extent where Coach O can just know. He's been around the block, and he can just say, that's not a type of guy that we want to bring into our locker room. You know, he might be the biggest, strongest, fastest guy, but how much trouble is he, is he going to cause? You know, I mean, it, at the end of the day, you might end up losing more games and then actually winning because of the problems that he could cause. So I think he's, he's doing the right thing. You want to keep that out of your program. You know what I mean? I don't know Zach personally, but, man, there's so much going around. I know enough sources to know that it's, it's somebody that if Georgia goes ahead and sign him, that's good for Georgia. They, they you know, let him go play some football at Georgia. Yeah. Uh, so really quickly, Josh, just to bring it back to because uh, you just said uh, you know dealing with some suspensions and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. So I know you know Michael Divinity's kind of hanging out there, kind of you know they said he might be back for the championship game should they make it. But um, I don't do do you do you have any anything on that or any thoughts about it? Like do you think he'll play again this year if if they keep winning? Look, I mean I can only go off the latest. I poked around a little bit on it, but nobody really knows anything. The latest that everybody had was, you know, Coach O said he could play in the national championship if they make it. That's really the 
that's really what I got on it. I mean, it's not much more. I talked to a few sources that say, honestly, it's been really kept quiet. He's been practicing with the team, um, which is good. They said if we make it to the national title from the couple sources I talked to, that supposedly he, he can play, which would be which would be great. It would give us another guy along the defensive line. You know, he probably wouldn't start after what happened, but, you know, he gives us a, another guy we could rotate in. So, I mean, when I get something new, obviously I'll, I'll get that out. But I, that's what I have as now for that situation. Yeah. I guess and then on the other side, of, and as we move into, you know, talking a little bit about this Peach Bowl coming up, some, uh, mm-hmm. some, some, a lot of suspensions on the, uh, on the other side of the ball for Oklahoma. Yep. Um, how do you see, you know, I think that the defensive lineman is kind of the main, the main focus that everyone's looking at for, that, uh, for how the suspensions will play out for, for LSU. Um, how do you see uh, those suspensions, along with the, the injury to, the, uh, to Oklahoma's safety, impacting our, you know, our offensive performance? Yeah, that's, that's tough. Look, um, I wish they were at full strength. You know, it, I did a show with uh, with uh, uh, Cam, who he runs PFF uh, College side of the house there for PFF, and uh, he said the loss of Perkins. You know, he has the hard numbers on it. I mean, I've already knew this, but he it says he's their leader in pass rush for Oklahoma, and he's not. He's going to be suspended. And when you break down the numbers, you know, he was their consistent pass rusher. I think he said 32 pressures on a quarterback this season you know and so he was it was even close he said it, it was twice as many pressures on the quarterback from Perkins coming off the edge than anybody else on Oklahoma's defensive line so that hurts I mean you know that they don't necessarily have a guy that they can rotate rotate in like a Marshall Brooks you know a chase on they they're not Oklahoma is not quite like they are at LSU as loaded so that's going to really hurt Oklahoma you know that one guy that they can depend on to get some pass rush isn't going to play also, the you know their safety, like their starting safety, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough go. They lose a backup running back as well, so they you know they lose one of the guys that rotates in and plays pretty often. It's it's going to be a tough go for Oklahoma, especially on the defensive side of the ball. That's that's it's just going to be tough. You just just trying to get a feel for some other experts. They all kind of fall in that range where they truly believe LSU is probably going to win that game by two touchdowns. Yeah, it might almost be like the uh, the Oklahoma that we've seen in the past uh, during mm-hmm. you know with all their playoff appearances. Whereas, you know, earlier before suspensions, before injuries, you would have thought, oh, this is the new look Oklahoma defense, which still a Big Twelve defense, but it's not as uh, as bad as as we've seen in past years. Yeah, yeah I kind of feel like this no, get blown yeah. out in the playoffs. Uh, I kind of feel like this might end up a little bit like Oklahoma's game against Alabama in the playoff last year where Alabama just kind of raced off with that high-powered offense that they had. And Oklahoma kind of kept it close to Kyler Murray. Obviously, they still have a lot of playmakers on offense uh, with Jalen Hurts and and their talented wide receivers like C.D. Lamb. But I think, yeah, our strength on offense is just going to be a little bit too much to to outmatch them there in the end. No, I would I would agree with that. I think it, early on it's going to be pretty close. They, you know, they have playmakers. C.D. Lamb is a playmaker. You know, Rambo is a playmaker. And we all know what Jalen Hurts is all about. But I just think at, when at the end of the day LSU is going to, going to look at it as if they can stack the box, put seven or eight guys in the box um, and stop Hurts, and he's really turned into more of their running back, their lead rusher. I think LSU is going to try to shut him down, put Stingley on C.D. Lamb, lock up on him, and and just you know go from there. If Oklahoma makes plays over Stingley's head, you just got to shake their hand and you have to make those adjustments. 
Uh, CD Lamb might make a couple plays. I get that. But I think at the end of the day, Stingley is, is going to win more than he loses on that. LSU stacks the box to make sure that Hurts doesn't do anything to him like Ole Miss did to us. I just think it's going to be too much offense from LSU that, that Oklahoma, kind of like Georgia, I said the same thing about Georgia, they're going to kind of get out of their comfort zone, and Georgia had to get out of their comfort zone and start throwing the football more to keep up with our score, and I think LSU is going to kind of do the same thing with Oklahoma. As crazy as it sounds, and we know Oklahoma has a high-powered offense, they've kind of went about it a, a different way this year. They like a little bit more ball control, run the ball with their quarterback a little more, and that's not what LSU does. LSU wants to get out fast, score points fast. So, you know, I think we get Oklahoma out of their comfort zone, then LSU can pull away with this game in the second half. And if we and, and we've seen it in the past, we've seen it in the Alabama game, the Texas game, uh, even the Georgia game. If uh, if LSU can get up by two or three scores, mm-hmm. you, you know, it, it then then it's, it's you're buried. And it becomes a you know you trade and blows, but it really doesn't matter because every time every time you score, we match you. Um, so you know I, I totally agree. I think that I, I you know, a lot of the experts, like you said, will say that LSU will win by uh, between you know 13, 14 points, maybe more. Um, you know I, I think that's a pretty fair number. Now, yeah. One one last thing, you know, we talked about uh, Oklahoma having. Uh, some issues, you know, missing some players. We we might be missing a player. Uh, everyone, you know, in, L- in Team LSU, everyone on Tiger Nation was uh, terrified last week when uh, when Clyde Edwards-Hilaire reportedly uh, hurt his hamstring in practice. So, what can you say about that situation, and, and how do you see, uh, you know, Ty Davis Price or Chris Curry, um, mm-hmm. or maybe even John Emery, probably not, but maybe so, coming in and, and filling that void if uh, if Clyde indeed doesn't play. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll tell you, the morning that it happened, I mean, it woke me up. I must have had, I don't know, 50 messages asking me what went on with Clyde. So, um, so yeah, that evening before, he hurt his hamstring at practice. Basically, what I can say from sources I talked to is we we shouldn't expect him to play in this game, but the national championship, if we make it, uh, got the good chance he's going to play in that game. That's what I could say about that from what I know. Um, that's kind of what's, what it, I've heard through numerous different sources and what I know. So I, I think he, we don't see him in this game, but would see him probably see him in the national championship, which would be good. We could really use him if we get there against one of those elite teams. Now, who's going to replace him? You know, I think you, out the gate it's going to be Ty Davis, and I can confirm that through a source that he's going to, he, will, he will start. But I think this is one of them games that you – you want to see a rotation. These guys are like sophomores now. There's no more, I don't know the play calls. There's no more, I can't pass block. It, it, that's all you've had all season, okay? So I, I know that Coach O is going to want to get a guy like Emery out in space a little bit for some of them swing passes, some of them wheel routes that we've seen Clyde run. You should see Emery run some of that stuff. I think a guy like Chris Curry, now you've seen him when he's had a few carries. He's the type of running back. He gets better as he gets more carries. I could see us using a guy like Curry into the, like in the third quarter. Fresh legs, pound him at Oklahoma a few times, let him run hard. Um, so I expect to see all three of them, to be honest with you. And I, I think all three of them should be ready to go. I mean, and we can use all three of them, especially John Emery out in, in, the, you know, in catching the ball, coming out the backfield. He's too talented. He needs to be on the field. Put the ball in his hands in some space and let him make some plays. But that's going to be on him, the trust factor. We, we all know, you know, people don't like bringing it up. The five-star running back is a little trust factor. Can he pass block? 
is he going to fumble? I mean, so John needs to shake that. And, you know, he's too talented to be sitting on the bench. Yeah, and, you know, let's hope he's won the trust of Joe Burrow because I'd heard from Matt Muscana talked about it um, and others have talked about, you know, that play, he, he goes in in Florida and it's a screen pass. It's supposed to be his, you know, his time to shine, the screen pass to him and he doesn't know the play call and Joe gets killed. Uh, and at that moment, Joe screams right. at the sidelines, get this guy off the field. And yet exactly. he hasn't been with first-team offense anymore this season. So hopefully with this ex- extra time they've had to, you know, to get things right and, and practice up, you know, maybe let's hope he's, he's, uh, he's ready to, you know, this is his, this is his, his time. This is anybody's time to, to uh, really make a name for themselves going into the next season. You know, that's, look, that's real quick. That's a great example that you guys know I deal with a lot of recruits, a lot of parents. It's just one of them. This is a great example. It doesn't matter if you have a 1,000 stars, okay? You've got to have high character, you've got to know your playbook, and you've got to come to work. Some of these guys don't understand when you get to a program like LSU, everybody's a five-star, you know what I mean, for the most part. So Emory, I think, got there with the assumption that he was going to be given the, the crystal ball and it's going to be his job, but you find out really quick that you're playing with grown men. So I want to see him succeed. But I, I like the fact that Coach O – Joe Burrow and those guys stuck with Clyde and didn't fold for the – he's the next second coming of Reggie Bush. So, you know, with those little decisions and those situations, the fact that LSU is playing for a national championship, I, I like how they, they stuck to their guns, you know, and, now, and Clyde has be, become one of the best running backs in the country. Can't believe I'm saying that, but, yeah. And he's made a lot of money in the process because he'll definitely yes. uh, he'll yeah. be cashing in soon. Yep. Yep. Well, um, what are there any final thoughts? You got a, a score prediction or, or uh, any anything you want to leave the, the listeners with? We know you got to get going, so uh, you know anything uh, left? Yeah. No, yeah. I, when I talk about score, I haven't really thought of a score. I'm thinking honestly, I'm thinking it's going to end up being like a 45-28 game. I do think Oklahoma is going to score a few points because Lincoln Riley knows how to, you know, he knows how to dial it up. He knows how to scheme. He's a good uh, in-game adjust. Coach, that's why he's probably going to end up being coaching in the NFL shortly at, for the Cowboys, whoever else. I just the, He's a good young mind coach, and he'll adjust as needed to, to score a few points. I see it 45-28. I just think LSU's offense is too much. Oklahoma's weak spot is on the back end. Now they lost their start in safety. I just They don't have the talent. I've watched a lot of film this past week on Oklahoma. They don't have the talent on the back end to stay with LSU's passing game. They just don't. And it's not a shot at Oklahoma. They just they, – they don't. And their front seven is a lot better. That's why they were able to jump from 110 in defense to 25th, okay? So their front seven is much improved. But they lose their top pass rusher, right? So it, it's going to be one of the guys just Oklahoma is not going to be able to keep up. LSU should come out early and score some point, points and make those guys, you know, get out their comfort zone and try to do some things they're not normally going to do. So I think LSU ends up winning this game by two or three touchdowns. All right. Well, I guess uh, thanks. You know, thanks so much for coming on. As always, uh, we got you know got some great uh, insights as as uh, as you get. It's L- at LSU Fball Truth on Twitter. If you're not following, I don't know what you're doing because it's, it's the best, uh, best LSU recruiting follower, <laughs> best recruiting follow in general on Twitter. So, Josh Lemoyne, as always, thank you for coming on. And uh, are you going to be in Atlanta? Do you, do you, are you have any plans of being there or? So, yeah, I'll, I'll be through there. And also, if LSU goes to the national championship, I'll be uh, headed to New Orleans. So, uh, real quick, I'll just say that if LSU makes it to the national championship, 
got a few things set up where I'm going to go in studio with ESPN uh, in Lafayette, and we're going to do some shows. So that would be, that'd be a lot of fun. So hopefully LSU can win the national championship and, uh, I mean, get to the national championship so I can uh, do some of them in-studio shows and it just it would be a fun little stretch there. But, we, you know, we gotta we got to beat Oklahoma first. So Yeah, got to get there first. Dude. But I think, uh, <laughs> I think we got it covered. But, um, but anyways, thanks so much for coming on as always. And have a good uh, have a good rest of your week. And yeah, guys, Christmas. anytime. You know, yep. Merry Christmas, guys. I appreciate the time. Um, I really do. You know, and it, it's it's always fun. So anytime you guys need to jump on, I don't mind. You guys have a good evening. Thanks, awesome. Josh. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, it's always great having you. Yeah. Ah, uh, man, what a good putt. I was so glad he could uh, he could drop by. Um, I do wish that we could have, you know, because I'm sure we all had plenty more questions. One thing I wanted to know is, and I agree with him, that I think LSU's offense is going to be too much. And that Oklahoma, you know, they, they might get out of their game, kind of like Georgia did, if, uh, if LSU can, can shut some things down. But uh, I guess one thing I wanted to ask him is, you know, uh, we know how LSU's offense has been all season, but, you know, they've had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So... Uh, we we don't know what state he's in. I don't think he's going to play games like you know Saban did with Tua. We all knew Tua was going to play. We just didn't know how, you know how good he was going to be. You know he was he was all right. So it's kind of the same with Clyde. You know I'm wondering if LSU's offense is going to hum quite the same. We got three able-bodied guys behind him, but you know Clyde was the one that kind of made things work because he's just he's just so dynamic and just shifty. So do you uh, I don't know. Do you, do you think that Oklahoma's kind of going to game plan for that and try and maybe take the run game out or, or something along those lines? Uh, if I had to go for it, I would say that, yeah, they are going to kind of hinge a little bit towards the pass because they think, oh, we're not quite so strong in the run game now, even though we do have some good backups. But if you watch the, the Alabama game, excuse me, uh, you would know just how key Clyde is to our offense. I mean, the passing game kind of gets most of the credit but he was just picking up those huge like third downs, explosive runs at the middle, swing routes around the edge, uh, kind of just being Joe Burrow's safety net there. And without him in the game, our offense is just limited in that capacity. I know uh, Ty Davis-Price and the other backups will definitely step up, though. One kind of weird thing about it is that all of a sudden they really don't have much game tape on what we do with the backup running backs because even though they may be some sort of a similar style, they have some different talents and they might, might, it might be a little bit harder for them to game plan that way when they could have watched 100 Clyde runs up and down the season. And so now they're kind of like, well, what do we do? Uh, so I wonder if Coach O or Joe Brady will dial, dial up anything kind of special uh, that we might not have seen before in the season. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. I think that's a, that's a good point about them not having any film on, on these guys because especially a guy like Chris Curry, we've seen him play, you know, maybe twice this season. And he's played real well every time we've seen him on the field. But, um, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot that's left to left to be you know found out about his level of play and what he can do on the field and where his uh, what his versatility is, you know, in a real in real game time. But I do think that one of the challenges that LSU will have uh, without Clyde on the field uh, and, and using like a you know a stable of uh, three running back rotation is that. You know, John Emery, real shifty guy. You know, he's great in space. He's probably got the best hands out of the three backups. But he's not. he can't block like Clyde does. And he, he, I don't know if he's as versatile between the tackles. 
you know, Ty Davis Price, the opposite pretty much. He's probably not the type of guy who you're going to send out, um, you know, as a flanker, as a slot receiver, kind of like we do Clyde. So, and, and Chris Curry is come, maybe, maybe the, the unknown. All three have, have, you know, their pros and cons, but Clyde is really that complete package to where you can't really, um, you, you don't know what to expect with him. He can kind of do it all. I think that one of the one of the the challenges that LSU will have to have to get over is that you know if John Emery goes on the field, they might know uh, Oklahoma might be able to say okay that's pro- they're probably going to pass to him or they're going to try and work him in, but he's not going to be uh, he's not going to be in the backfield blocking. You know Ty Davis Price comes in okay well he's probably going to be running you know some something more north and south. Um, other than that, you know I'm excited to see them play. I think that we'll be okay either way, um, especially with some of these suspensions that we got to cover with Josh and, and injuries. Um, but kind of to go off, you know, what you said, Daniel, yeah, I do think that there, there would be just some challenges just because of the, the, the different skill sets of each player and the fact that they're not as well-rounded as, as Clyde is. True. But uh, like you said, I, I think if they're given the opportunity, because uh, we hadn't seen Chris Curry too much, but I remember the, you know, the last few games, like when they did bring him in, Man, he, like the announcers even talked about it, he just had, you know, what they call those fresh legs. Uh, and he was running hard at the end of the game. I know the other defense was probably beleaguered at that point. But um, I think if you give a guy like Chris Curry, who is kind of the, um, you know, the upperclassman out of the, the group, uh, you give him a chance to run in a playoff game, I think he's going to, I think he's going to eat that opportunity up. Because, you know, he's, he, he was there before, uh, Emory and Ty, and you know they they kind of got more playing time than him. So I, I think he he's would love the chance to prove himself, and I actually can't wait to see it. And I think uh, you know we'll, we'll see what the defense can do because, um, like like he was saying, you know if if, if Stingley can lock down C.D. Lamb, I I, I, don't, I don't know how they how they can attack us like like they've attacked everybody else. So yeah, I. I'm pretty much just with how Josh was describing the game ends up to be. If I had to give a score prediction, I think it's probably going to be a little bit close to maybe what he said, something like 42-31 LSU. Uh, I just don't want to be the team that allows Oklahoma to win to where the Big 12 gets their first ever college football playoff win. They've got to keep them shut out. So, But I think that's going to happen. Okay. You know, I, I, so, oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I, I, I agree. I think that... Of course, as as all the faithful Talking Takes podcast listeners will know, I'm not a score guy, um, but I do think LSU wins by two touchdowns or uh, around you know between ten and ten and fourteen points. Um, like I said, I think that if we if we get up by two or three or two or three scores early, then it's almost you know nail in the coffin because it's going to be a race and. Not many people can run us down, as we've seen throughout the 13, 13 games this, uh, this season. But, um, you know, I think, I think that it's reasonable to say around, you know, 45 points for LSU and, you know, 20-something for uh, Oklahoma. And uh, we'll see you in New Orleans then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. And, uh, yeah, it is pretty hard to catch down Usain Bolt, you know, if he's got a lead. Uh, so I, I don't think that would happen either. I'm going to be a little bit more conservative. I'm actually going to throw out an old-school score. I'm going to say 38-24, to 24, which is, I think, the, the score of the 2007 BCS championship game with uh, LSU and Ohio State. So I'm going to say 38-24 to 24, uh, just because 
I don't know, I think LSU, I don't know, I think, you know, depending on how Clyde is, there might be another touchdown there that we would normally get, but maybe not. And I, I don't know, I think, uh, you know, kind of like LSU is going to have to try new things, Oklahoma is going to have to try new things. And, you know, who, who's to say that Lincoln Riley can't come up with something new in a few weeks to throw at LSU that might, you know, that they haven't seen yet either. So that's what I think. I think I'll think uh, LSU still by two TDs, though. Barrett, have you got anything else on this game, or are we just ready to rock? I think we're ready think to we're rock. Ready. I'm, I'm a, I, fingers crossed I'm going to be buying some tickets today uh, to go to Atlanta. So I uh, might try to, you know, organize. Wouldn't, you know, if, uh, if anybody's there and they want to contact, you know, meet up or whatever, send me a DM at, uh, at Tommy Johnson LA, and maybe we'll try to get something together. But, um, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm excited. And... Uh, Scott, you know, you're in Atlanta. I'll, the game's in Atlanta. We'll have to get together. Maybe we'll have to do a podcast, you know, uh, live. Yeah, we, we definitely can. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of things going on. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this, though. I, I'm, I'm in line right now to actually work at the game. Um, uh, I worked at the, uh, the Alabama and Georgia national championship game just doing merchandise so I, I don't know Tom if we need some people I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up you could you could get paid to see the game because I don't know if you've been to the uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium but there are TVs everywhere pretty much any uh, food or merchandise station I mean there's like uh, I think they have like 600 TVs all around that stadium so uh, you'd be good to go I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up alright well uh, we'll see you in Atlanta then yeah, yeah. Maybe we can uh, we can crash the hotel and get some footage, like I did last time. Perfect. Y'all have fun. Yeah. Oh, uh, Daniel. You know what? Send your send your Burrow jersey with Tommy. Maybe we can get Joe to sign it for you. Might That's be true. a last chance. My, I don't, unless you unless you're gonna. You go can sign my uh, Cincinnati Bengals Joe Burrow jersey. Oh, you already got one. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do. That's funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else, guys? That's it. I don't think so, yeah. Yeah, I think we're all just pretty much ready to get this game going and, uh, and watch LSU face Oklahoma in the Peach Bowl uh, and hopefully see them in the national championship game after that. Either way, we've got you covered. So uh, listen to us next week on Talking Tigs. Go Tigers!